There's a drive in Kelly for like serious self-worth. Get curious about sex. I'm not only going to woo my partner, but I'm going to woo myself. And then meditate. I'm like, oh my God, I'm a monk. You're not always in control. And it was like pride, not have periods, not have emotions. I'm going to need to feel everything. I found in those shattered pieces my truth. We're just piling more shame and judgment on top of the original problem. You're sick. Your body's revolting against you. Epstein-Barr virus, cytomegalovirus. These are things that can be simmering on you that you don't know. And they're the trigger for your problem. Making the connection between your mind and your body, your emotional needs. That is how we heal. You're listening to a Soul Fire Productions podcast. Who wants to get high and listen to a podcast? Me. This is cool. My first ever cannabis loving babes are on the show. McCarter and Wit came into the studio for a really fun episode talking about sustainability in cannabis, destigmatization as the umbrella of this work, how they're promoting cannabis as medicine and for mental health. What is hemp and how it can be used to create so many things? Um, people in prison for cannabis use. What is dabbing? growing your own cannabis, indica versus sativa, where they're grown, which one you want, how do you sleep, what can you use this for, what are cannabinoids, how we can use this for anxiety, and we even get into microdosing those beautiful magic mushrooms. I love these two girls. They were smoking the entire time. I had my Lowell CBD joint with me. It's pure CBD. It helps me so much with my anxiety. This is not an ad. I just love their shit. If you want to find these girls and learn so much about cannabis, they are incredibly smart and knowledgeable about this world. I learned a ton from them, and I'm super excited to have them as friends here in Denver. You can find them on Instagram at McCarter Gets High and Sunny Dot Days. That's Sunny with three N's. Dot D-A-Z-E. Before we get into this one, don't forget Connor and I have a new show called OK Babe. We're talking all things sex and love and communication and the random shit that happens under our roof that for whatever reason we have decided to just tell you all about and air our dirty laundry. Go over to OK Babe on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review. We would love to have you and hear your thoughts about what we're doing. All right, let's get into this one with the girls. Very excited we can consume. Yes, that's consume amazing. all the things you want. What is that? This is one of our sponsors. Okay. Um, it's a vaporizer company called Hum, and they're actually from Boston, where Whitney's from. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the cartridge inside is one of our favorite companies, Dablogic. Um, they do all solventless, so it's like the cleanest Ooh. you can get, really. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they use organic cannabis. Nice. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the biggest issues that people have is not finding quality products, right? Mm-hmm. How Absolutely. much of the work you guys do is in educating people on that piece? That is a huge piece of what so we're much. doing. And <laughs> just like as as individuals and as business owners, we are trying to figure out how to navigate like how to vet companies and like how to, yeah. how to figure out which brands to work with. And that's, yeah, that's been a really big piece and learning lesson in the past few months for sure. Do you think that it's easy for people to find clean cannabis and companies that provide that, or is that really an, a barrier to entry? 
I would say it's kind of a 50-50 situation in my eyes. What do you think, Whitney? Um, Yeah, I think that people can kind of put whatever they want out there and tell people I'm growing the the best, cleanest product. And unless people are really doing their research to look into that and and see a little bit deeper, then you don't really know if that's the truth or not. Mm -hmm. So, and yeah, I've definitely seen some companies putting some pretty exaggerated claims out there that I'm like, I've tried your product and it's not that good. Mm -hmm. Well, what are some of the things that can happen or I guess like side effects of bad weed? Well, that's what, that's one of the big things that's kind of like been in the news a lot lately with the vape cartridges. Um, Mm -hmm. The, I think there's been some studies that have linked some pesticides back to some of the cases that were, um, or mold as well. Mold is a very big oh, issue. Wow. So if you consume, there's been cases here in Colorado, especially, um, it is very dry, but still you're prone to mold everywhere. So people, I'm, I'm not going to drop any names of dispensaries, but I've had friends that have showed me personally, I got this from XYZ dispensary and you can see this white mold on the butt Ew. and they'll send me pictures like, or Snapchats, whatever videos and be like, dude, look at this. Like, I bought this down the street somewhere in Denver, whatever. And so, yeah, you will find some shit out there that you have to still be very aware and be like, even if it is supposed to be a really good product, still look at look at this cartridge, you know, see how clear it is. Ask what they use to cut it with. Or that's like a bad term. Yeah. But. <laughs> it sounds like we're talking about that's some what they serious use drugs to extract. <laughs> there you go. What solvents they use for okay. extraction? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, that's an issue too. But yeah, even just looking at the bud, if you see white something that doesn't look like frosty trichomes or pistols, then that's not good. <laughs> yeah, really, just trusting your senses is a big piece of it. Like if it smells funky, or I mean. It's gonna Some, smell sometimes, funky. Sometimes funky. You is, want it is to smell good, funky. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, it smells funky. If it smells a little off, or sometimes, like I, I really get this like aftertaste. Sometimes, if I smoke weed from certain um, dispensaries that I also won't name here, but <laughs> there's just this like super distinct aftertaste to me that I'm just like, Mm-mm, not mm. that's that's not clean. It does. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't yeah. taste like high quality stuff at all. Mm -hmm. So, but sometimes it still is hard to tell. So that's why we're Mm -hmm. all about asking questions. Mm -hmm. Every time you go into a dispensary, ask what they use in their soil, what type of energy they're using, how sustainable they are. Um, If they use any pesticides, God forbid, but herbicides are a big one, you know, using little pockets of insects that they keep in these little pouches and put those on every plant. So they're supposed to eat the mold, but they're kept contained. They're not just bugs flying around. They're in these little pockets. Do you know what they're called? Mm-mm. I'll have to look it up and send it to you, but yeah. they're very popular in indoor grows here in Colorado. So something that I was thinking about earlier is when I was growing up, I thought people who smoked weed were so gross and so lazy and kind of fucked up. And I was like the straight A student, the volleyball player. <laughs> I never did anything wrong. I didn't touch drugs when I was in high school. I didn't even have sex, you know, Very like straight edge. (laughs) And now, I mean, we smoke every day and Mm -hmm. live in Colorado and there's a dispensary on every corner. And And I tell everyone, yeah. And I tell everyone like (laughs) smoke weed, have sex. It's so great. Masturbation is the best. Yes, (laughs) Like who have I become? (laughs) 
But I think it's really funny when, you know, we're growing up and we judge these things that we end up doing and we find so much peace in or healing or support from that we thought was so bad. And I'm curious what your guys' experience was and belief system around marijuana growing up and how that has shifted or maybe it's just expanded. Totally. Yeah. Do you go first? With- sure. Well, I relate super hard to your experience, although I did have an older brother who did kind of introduce me to the plant um, <laughs> in high school. So I think I was 15 or 16 when I tried weed for the first time. Didn't really become like a daily user until maybe like junior year of, of high school. And then that was kind of when I was dealing with a lot of stress and hardship with my family and just going through a divorce. It just became really, really powerful medicine for me. And I, I didn't really realize it at the time um, that that's what I was using it for. I still felt so ashamed of the fact that I was using cannabis so regularly. Mm-hmm. I went to school in the South and I also felt pretty just like judged by everyone mm-hmm. down there. I went to school in North Carolina and not that many people smoked. And I was always called the stoner, um, got the, oh my God, my sorority gave me a superlative, senior superlative, uh, yes. most likely to be caught smoking weed or something like that. Classic. And I'm just like, oh, those gosh, how, how far we've come. It's not, not far at all, but, um, <laughs> we're still stoners, <laughs> but yes, we're, we're trying to kind of like redefine that. But anyways, I think where, where it kind of like shifted for me was when I I moved out here not intentionally getting into the cannabis space at all. Um, I just wanted to be closer to the mountains and just to people who were like-minded and then fell into the cannabis industry, of course, within the first year of living here. And I think when my mom started to like take cannabis seriously and take my job seriously in the cannabis space, that is kind of like when things shifted for me in terms of like my own inner stigma towards the plant and towards myself as a consumer. My mom was just like so worried growing up that I was just going to turn into just a mess from, from consuming cannabis because it, it can lead to other things. And, you know, there's all those stereotypes of the gateway drug and, (laughs) um, dare. Yeah. So (laughs) a lot of stigma that I had to fight. And I think my mom had the most of that. So that's kind of, kind of my, take on that. Yeah. I have a pretty similar story, which is one of the many reasons why Whitney and I bonded so well. So I grew up in the Midwest where it's also, you know, still very stigmatized. Both my parents are lawyers. And so we, there's very much like a follow the rules, you know, follow the law, like they're in place to help you. And that's boring. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Although they did like kind of fun, like suing stuff, but Again, I was did varsity sports all throughout high school and I hid my cannabis use Mm. very much so, Um, especially because we all I don't know if you guys had a similar thing, but in high school, we had to sign these pledges that we like wouldn't use drugs or alcohol. I think so. When we were (laughs) on varsity sports and I played varsity tennis and soccer. And so I had, you know, it was both seasons. Winter was the only one where I was had some free time, but, um, I would still smoke every day after practice. When I got home, um, on weekends, when my friends would, we would go to parties and they would want to drink. I would be the sober driver, but would just get high. Oh, nice. Yes. So, but I wouldn't <laughs> not quite drink. Sober. Not quite sober, but not, not drunk, not drunk. Yeah. Gonna get a DUI. 
Um, and I'm a very careful driver. And anyway, I can attest. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I always did it in high school. Very hit it from everyone, even like my best friends. Um, and then when they found out they were so pissed at me, Mm. but now I'm the one I'm getting them cartridges now. And of course you are. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, I was, uh, became a daily smoker when I moved to college, still in Midwest in Indiana, where it's really even worse than Missouri, um, I would say. And there I really just realized how much I needed it and loved it. And um, unfortunately, I was also in a sorority. And but we were in a pack of we had a bunch of stoners in our uh, sorority. So we were like the cool girls. And um, I can relate to that. We also had a little click of of the yes. girls. And so we definitely kind of helped the younger girls realize that cannabis like is where it's at. Totally. It's not all about drinking and going to the frats and the bars, but you still couldn't have it there when you lived there. So we would always go on roadies and smoke in my car, which of course is very illegal. So I ended up getting two possession of marijuana charges in Indiana and I took care of them all on my own. I got my own lawyers. I didn't tell my parents. Oh, wow. <laughs> and got it like fixed with the judge and everything. So I got a deferment. But I was like, I just realized how crazy it was that my wealth and my privilege was directly getting me out of this situation. And if you didn't have those things, you would be fucked yeah. in Indiana. Mm-hmm. And that for me was a really big turning point. And I realized, um, and my parents, of course, were like, you need to go where it's legal. (laughs) So that really forced me out to Colorado. Um, And I also loved the mountains and grew up skiing and being really outdoors. And so I wanted to be where it was legal, but I didn't necessarily wanted to, I didn't know I wanted to work in the industry or um, all of that. But of course, like Whitney, I fell right into it. Um, And I was working for a magazine in Denver and they wouldn't let me write about cannabis. And I was like, are you kidding me? Absolutely weird. not. Yes. Goodbye. So I quit, went to another publication, was writing cannabis. Then I did PR, some PR, cannabis PR for an agency. And that was when I was like, I love this. I want to devote my life to it. And then Whitney and I connected and we both wanted to start our own thing. Um, we just felt we weren't being totally respected and really utilized. And we just wanted to create our own thing. Yeah, we, main. we weren't quite like taken seriously. Still, mm-hmm. still have kind of. We still have issues. Some, with being taken yeah. seriously. Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we definitely just wanted to kind of prove our value just by doing it together mm-hmm. ourselves, doing it our <laughs> own, and having our own women-owned business. Wizness. Oh um, I don't think I've ever heard that before. <laughs> Wizness. It's from Broad City. I cannot oh, okay. take. It's a, it's an Alana quote from Broad City. I like that. Um, but yeah, women owned business. And we just think that's so powerful in this day and age, especially when you have, we have someone as Trump like president, it's all we can be doing is, you know, creating our own systems, fighting for what's right. And yeah, having our own business is just part of that. I do not talk politics on this show <laughs> for a bajillion reasons. I'm sure. Except when Connor and I do stuff together and then he wants to go off. Um, but I keep it to a minimum. But I do think that it's really pertinent in this situation. And mm-hmm. I know you guys don't know all the legal things, so I, we won't like dive too deep into it. But I, I just, I love the point you made. Being a female-owned business in a what I'm guessing cannabis is a male dominated space, which aren't most of those spaces male dominated. Mm -hmm. Um, it's why I started my company because podcasting is male dominated. I'm like, screw this. I guess I have a business too. Yeah, you do. (laughs) So funny. 
But you have someone like him in office or, you know, anyone that's really keeping this so held down and is not seeing the benefits of the female narrative. Yes. And not understanding the benefits of cannabis. And we'll talk about all of those in a minute. But from your guys' perspective, how frustrating is it to want to grow something that is really valuable and helpful to so many people and it's just being held back and your women that are pushing it, which is even more difficult? Yeah. I'd say it's pretty up there. Yeah, it's definitely frustrating. It's a good fight, though. We we definitely knew what we were signing up for, and it's the fight we want to fight, so we wouldn't be doing it if we weren't passionate about it. Yeah. But it's a big feat. You know, we have to – that's why we got to band together, especially with other women um, and allies especially, to all push the same narrative, to really destigmatize the plant. So, what do you think are some of the biggest issues – within politics and the legal system that holds you back? What are some things you guys have run into that you're like, well, fuck. Public consumption, I would say, is the biggest issue right now. Yeah. I mean, that's why I personally got charged, you know, I think in America, wouldn't you say? Yeah. I mean, even even here in Denver, they they cannot figure out how to Mm -hmm. legislate that. It's just it's been such a nightmare and there's all these like gray areas and loopholes and like no one knows what's legal and what's uh, not. And yeah, it's all about being, you know, you have to be more than 750 yards from a school and a nursery and a church and people can file, you know, claims and there's all these zoning regulations. My father did zoning in mm. for city. So I know like very little about that, but there's just all this shit that we don't even think about that's affecting it. <laughs> and we're just like, why can't we just have one little space to smoke our plant yeah. in? Right. And, and when it's medicine, it's just, it's kind of, it's kind of fucked up. It's like, where are we supposed to smoke? Most of our leases yes. say that you're not supposed to consume within your, your own lease. So unless you're a mm-hmm. homeowner, um, you guys can come here. We can smoke. Oh, thank, thank you. You will so <laughs> be our refuge. But yeah, that's also a very privileged um, mm-hmm. advantage or dis. You know, people that have to be renting and leasing homeownership is a definite privilege. And we look at Amsterdam, and they've had coffee shops next to schools for years, <laughs> tens of years. It's insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think we should all move to Europe. That's really what it comes down to. Whitney and I talk about it almost every day. Oh my so. god, That's we want to live up. We want to live abroad Everywhere. for sure. But you guys would do great. Like that would be super cool. It really would. And I feel like you'd bring so much wisdom and knowledge back to the states. Like, look at what they're able to do. Look at all of the possibilities of how this can work, how we can implement it here. I think that's Mm -hmm. huge. Absolutely. Yeah. Even just taking the, the like cultural norms back with us, like that's huge. Um, it's, it's just so much more laid back there. Oh yeah. You can smoke and drink in the parks there. Everyone's doing it. Everyone's having picnics all over Vondel park, the main park in Amsterdam. I lived there for a month. So I got a very small taste into it. So, I love Amsterdam. <laughs> yes. I've been there one time for three days and it was so cool. That's and the lovely. people are amazing. And we're yeah. going back in a few months. I'm oh, so, so excited. Right. That's awesome. So exciting. I do want to talk about this idea of privilege though. Um, we were discussing that a little bit earlier, but it's so frustrating to me that especially, you know, white women of privilege, we have the opportunity to do all these things. And if you aren't that, then it really affects you in so many ways. And we're now seeing that, especially in the prison system, when it comes to marijuana and you're in jail because of that. And why? Mm -hmm. And these people are in there for years and years and years, losing their lives. 
if you were a white guy with money, you'd probably be able to get off or at least get out faster, but yeah. that's not the Just situation. for a lawyer. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Mm. I don't know what the answer is, but I know that that is such an issue right now that so many families are facing. Yeah. And, well, I mean, the main thing that we know to do is support organizations who are actively trying to um, reverse those systems and get those people out. So we are supporters in the last prisoner project, um, which was started by Steve D'Angelo among other people. So we are active givers and supporters of that, which is exactly that to get people out of prison with cannabis Mm. charges. So yeah, there are organizations, but yeah, it's still just like, I want to do something with my hands. Like, no, (laughs) see that I'm doing a difference, not just give some money here, give some money there. Hopefully they're doing the right thing with it. Yeah. Yeah. I want to get back to what you said. It's medicine. Like it's a plant and it's medicine. And I think that we are raised to believe it's a drug, which I understand why. And we don't want kids to do drugs. And so there's (laughs) this whole narrative, but then it, it perpetuates the story that this is bad. It will hurt you. Don't touch this. When we are learning how healing it can be for a chronic Mm -hmm. illness, PTSD, depression, anxiety. I mean, you name it, sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a huge reason Connor and I smoke so much. How can we shift this idea that it is a drug that is bad into understanding all of the benefits of the plant and what it can offer? God, education is just so important. I mean, we are students of the plant. Um, We we just really consider ourselves like... Mm -hmm barely scratching the surface of everything there is to know about it and all its wonderful powers. And mm-hmm. yeah, we're, we're trying to figure it out still. And, and we're learning along the way as we go. And yeah, I think like McCarter mentioned before, we were both kind of using it as medicine unknowingly. It was recreational, but also in there, there were a lot of scenarios where I think we were both using it to, mm-hmm. to cope with some difficult life transitions and absolutely um, just, yeah, kind of like chemical imbalances. Um, yes. It can do a lot for you. Mm-hmm. As well as an escapism, I would say for me, because mm, it definitely. can be, I mean, as with anything in moderation, I would just, I definitely push moderation and push the use of different cannabinoids. Definitely. Um, can you explain that? What does that mean? So we are like Whitney's saying, we're all just learning and finding all these things out. We just always want to preface with like, yes. we are not experts. You're not so- weed doctors? No. no. I, okay, get out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing we say is like, I mean, we this have read all, research yeah. and now we're formulating it here for you, but mm-hmm. please don't take our word for it. Please do your own research. Yes. Don't worry. Yes. I have lots of disclaimers on this show, <laughs> okay, so you're good. good. Yeah. Good. Um, so- Talk to your doctor before moving forward with any medication. <laughs> Yes. The list of side effects. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So basically, cannabinoids are the various molecules that make up the cannabis and hemp plants. And they, right now, I, kn- I know that there's over 120 known cannabinoids. So they're basically just these incredible molecules. Yeah. So THC is an example of a cannabinoid. Mm-hmm. CBD is a cannabinoid. Oh. And so CBG. Each- Yep. CBG, CBN. There's Um, so many. So each cannabis strain has its own cannabinoid profile, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. So basically it's made up of a different amount of each molecule and and that makes the effect that it gives you. Mm -hmm. Compared with terpenes. Mm -hmm. In addition to terpenes, same thing, different amounts of specific terpenes that create the flavor profile and also create specific effects. So when you're going to shop for strains, 
we've learned that you should really be looking at cannabinoids and terpenes more so than the indica sativa hybrid. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's really like a, it's kind of become like a, a misuse yes. of like classification in cannabis. Why uh, does that happen? So indica sativa technically is referring to where the original plant was grown. So sativa strains come from warmer regions and then indica strains come from cooler regions typically. So, um, and then I guess over the years, uh, these strains kind of develop and, um, so this, I know the term indica came directly from finding the strain in India. Oh, so it's very like correlated to the region. Like Whitney Mm -hmm. was saying of where these plants were first discovered. Okay. Yes. And the size. So they're, they vary differently in size, um, as well as color and the composition of terpenes and genetics and cannabinoids. So I guess knowing that when I go into a dispensary and I'm looking for something, what, what would be ideal or what, what do I want? What if I want to sleep? What it's, am I looking for? Okay, yes. Cool. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, so I know that's so broad. <laughs> so for sleep, we really like, I, I like linalool. Yeah. Um, like, that's let me look up some that's a very like calming terpene that's also found in lavender mm. and which is also like very good for stress relief as I'm sure you know. So linalools, I'm, I'm probably saying that wrong. Is it linalool? I think you can say either way. Well, tomato, tomato, baby. <laughs> you do you. Yeah. So that would be like a more calming terpene that you could be like, do you have any strains that are high in, in this? Or if you're looking for something more energizing, I really like citrusy strains and the terpene limonene, limonene. I, I don't know which one it is actually now that I'm saying it out loud. I don't know if I've ever said that. Um, but yeah, so that's, it says mercy. I'm usually looking for those two. Okay. Um, oh yeah. Mercy that's found in mangoes. Okay. Um, yeah, it's really so, cool. So terpenes are found in like, yeah. sorry, nope, I didn't you go. steal your thunder. You guys are very cute together. <laughs> we read each other's minds. Yes. Well, Finish I was each other's just going to say that terpenes are found in uh, so many other plants and vegetables and things that we already consume and cannabinoids that are found are also found in human bodies as well. There have been traces of cannabinoids in breast milk hmm. as well as other things when females are reproducing. I think it was something like in the uterus or something. So it's pretty crazy that we are finding out all of these things that are directly related to the plant and also related directly back to our body and other parts of nature that we're already consuming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the endocannabinoid system is nuts. It's just ECS baby. That's something I really want to learn more about this year because that's, that's really where the medicine comes into play. And I feel like again, Although I feel like I am, I mean, we both have our med cards. So the main reason I was prescribed my med card was for nausea. So I feel like I find, I find relief in, in, for nausea in most flour like consumption. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my go-to, but I really want to like hone in on like which strains I should really be looking for Mm -hmm. and, 
and kind of doing my own research there and tracking the results. Like, mm-hmm. I think that would be, that'd be really cool. Yeah, we should do that. Get into the data. <laughs> get into it. Yes. Is there a credential that you can get? Is there mm. a way to <laughs> become like a professor of weed or, you know what I'm saying? There, there are classes some, now. Yeah. Like pe- there are, there are colleges that are literally. Yeah. Oaksterdam. Offering. I mean, that that's a specific college that's for like cannabis. So they'll teach about growing and all that. But there, I I think like mainstream colleges are also implementing like cannabis related education. Well, it's like the business of cannabis. Like how much freaking money is in it? Exactly. It's like, why would you not? I would hope. Yeah, I would hope so. I I could just see you guys like teaching on it, but I don't know what that would look like, right? Marketing professional or professors, (laughs) excuse me. We are professionals. We're now professors though as well. Your doctors too, doctor professor. That would be amazing. <laughs> well, there's this really cool. Is it the Terpene Institute? Oh, the Tricome Institute. The tri- yeah. The so, Institute. so they do Tricom. this very intense training that basically you come out the other side um, as a. I'm sorry. As a that cannabis. That's a funny phrase. Yeah, it was. Come out, come out on the other side. Sorry. <laughs> come out on the other side as a cannabis uh, sommelier. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's yes. what I was thinking. Yes. Yeah. Something like that. I would love so to do that. That's when you can pinpoint certain terpenes in the strains that you smell. So for, well, I just saw an example online, but knowing that if you're smelling a type of kush or it's a purple kush is really high and mercine. So, but you would have to learn that and know that just by smelling the flower and knowing this is a probably X, Y, Z strain. And you, we should tell you that you only get the strain names by those are completely random. People just make them up. Yeah. Okay. I was yeah. wondering that. Some of them correlate. Like we have this Some strain right now Some called Orange Crush. To. That's in, it smells just like orange tang or something like that. True. Like it's yeah. so Some of them are hint. You, they can hint for yeah, sure. But a lot of times, like if it's, it's like bubble gum, like it doesn't taste yeah. like bubble gum. That would be gross. Yeah. <laughs> so, but okay. yeah, but some, like Jack Herrera, some of them are named after people as well. Um, like who found, found them. Um, and I guess they put like a patent. Cause you can put patents on strains now too, with their genetic makeup. It's so complicated. Oh, <laughs> I bet. No. oh yeah. So you only have to change the genetic structure. I think like 10% or so. Yeah. I think that I I've heard this like from like a couple other people, but just have to barely change mm-hmm. the genetic structure and then you can call it whatever you want. It's yours. Wow. So it's there's nuts. a lot going on out there. Yeah. Tell me about how this has impacted your guys's anxiety. Positively and negatively because <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it can be very stressful when we're at events and stuff and we're at being asked to try so much product. Um, it can be hard for us to like really differentiate what's good and what's bad at the end of the day. If we're everyone's handing us blunts to the face or, you know, try this joint, try, Oh, try this car. Shirt. This it's like, that's a lot of stress yeah. sometimes. It can be it can be a little bit overwhelming and then you have to be like a normal person in a social setting but you're yeah. You have all these all these crazy different effects going on from all these things you're trying. Sure, and yeah, and you're getting really high too. Yeah. Right. Yeah, <laughs> to I mean maintain your composure. Yeah, and that's like a big like sometimes like the even just these past few days I I haven't really been smoking because I've been sick and I mean my tolerance just like really it like, it really shifts and and goes down quite a bit if I don't smoke for a few days. And then I just like feel a little bit like, it's like you have to like gain it back up in order to be a normal Mm -hmm. person sometimes in these like really high 
really mm-hmm. literally high pressure, <laughs> like social situations. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't really tap out and be like, no, I mean, you'll look like, I mean, we usually do. That's you why look like a rookie. I we guess. always, yeah. we get, we get to events, um, like early and we leave early. Usually yeah, that's smart. <laughs> we like to be there first and also, so then you first. get the best product too. And you're not getting like all of the roaches of all this gross stuff, you know, Yeah, Yeah. and taking like the best abs and stuff. But yeah, it can be really anxious too. Or if you hit, get like a bad dab or something, or if a random strain makes you even more anxious, then we'll have to be like, dude, I don't feel good. We got to go. Yeah. Well, and people always talk about paranoia. Mm-hmm. With oh, yeah. And that's, totally. I hear that a lot because I've, I've dealt with chronic illness my whole life. And so that's why I started smoking because I was in horrible pain when I was like 19, 20. Mm-hmm. And it was the only thing that would help. And so I started telling people and I, so many of my friends are like, I freak out. I have so such bad paranoia. Yeah. Why is that? Cause you don't really hear that with a lot of other things. Certain strains. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, I think it comes down to like certain, like, terpene and cannabinoid profiles. So like someone like we might react really well to THC with our anxiety and whatnot, but that might trigger someone's anxiety and yeah. and you really don't know until you try it. Um, and a lot of mm-hmm. people will try, like they'll try a dab for the first time or, or they'll, they'll hit a joint or to take a bong rip. And it's like, that's, that's, that's too, too intense. Much. You have yeah. to, you have to like ease yourself in and see what your body responds to if you're a new consumer, because you just don't know how you're going to react. And I think that's why so many people just assume, oh, it's not for me because they just like had that bad experience and weren't willing to kind of go back to the drawing board and try um, to kind of build up and try different things. Maybe you work better with a tincture or like an oral Mm-hmm. Um, or other like no THC at all, just yeah. CBD, CBG, mm-hmm. or a very, maybe a one, a one, one to a ten. One. Yeah. What am I saying? Ten to one. Yeah. There's different ratios. ratios. Right. <laughs> so our favorite ratio is a one to one ratio of THC yes. to CBD okay. because you still like for me, the nausea is still taken away by the THC, but yeah. it's not like a very, like I, I can still really focus on my work. I, I feel really clear headed and mm-hmm. it's, it's just a more like mild effect and more like daily use. And the CBD really helps with anxiety as well. Yeah. That's what prepared. I was just smoking. I, we have lull smokes. Nice. Oh, yeah. We love their CBD. They're, really yes. yummy. They're amazing. They're great. Mm-hmm. I just bought like 10 boxes of yes. them. Oh my God. I wish I knew I'd have some at home. Oh, oh thank you. No, it's amazing. Cause I have a lot of anxiety as well and it seems to just like bring me down, but I can't smoke during the day. I just like cannot function. I want to go to sleep. Sleep yeah. and I just can't. Um, but I've just noticed that now that I've had more CBD and even just taking it in little tinctures during the day, both Connor and I, it really helps inflammation, yeah. focus, bringing your anxiety down. I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. So nice. Yeah. yeah. Homeostasis. That's what it's all Love about. It. it literally just brings you to like your balanced state. And like mm-hmm. they say, you know, CBD is working when you you're like, I don't feel anything. Like Ooh. it's like, mm-hmm. you're not supposed to feel anything. You're just supposed to feel like really good. Like at know? ease. Just, yeah. just balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what is dabbing? Dabbing. <laughs> McCarter, I will let you take this one because okay. she is the queen of dabbing. I, I saw it. Didn't you dabbing. post something the other day you were dabbing? I'm Are you always dabbing? dabbing? <laughs> Let's get something straight. I'm dabbing you, every day. You and Sam, baby. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so the term dabbing comes from the fact that you're taking a very small dab of concentrate from a bigger pile of concentrates. <laughs> That's funny. Just, a, just a tiny dab. It's it's a stupid name, really. Like yeah. there's nothing really behind the name. Okay. Um, besides that, 
somehow it got that name. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah. But basically, it's the same as hitting a cartridge. So you're taking it's extracted oil from the cannabis flower. Um, so when you're smoking flour, you're combusting the flour. Um, but when you are hitting the oil, you have to bring it up to a higher temperature to a vapor. So mm. around 500 to 600 degrees. Whereas for combusting, you're only about what, like 250 degrees uh, Fahrenheit. So um, there's differences in temperature and process as well. So um, the difference here is that you're using a battery to achieve that temperature. But real dabbing is when you use a torch to heat up um, a rig. And most specifically, you're heating up the glass banger. Okay, now these words I like. Which is where? A torch, a rig, and a banger. Yes. Which Walk is... into a bar and... <laughs> oh my Love God. That. So good. Love that. Um, so then you would put your dab into the banger after it's heated up. So what I do is I heat it up like red hot, but at that point it's like a thousand degrees. So then you have to wait for it to cool down to like in between 500 and 600 degrees. So then you're taking a low temperature dab that mm. won't hurt your throat. Um, Cause that's also an issue if you're hitting the, if you're taking all of these at a too high of a temperature, then it can cause, you know, issues in your body and a lot of like coughing and phlegm and irritation. It can also be a really intense high. Like, yes, it goes straight to your head. It yeah. smash straight you in the to face. the dome. That's what and people say. That's another another <laughs> like kind of like education piece that we try to push the low temp dabbing. It's just such a more enjoyable experience and yes. you can actually taste what you're dabbing instead of it just being like this like inhale of like really hot smoke of like lava, literally sometimes. lava. Mm. <laughs> yeah. The f I've only dabbed one time with Sam at her place and I was just fascinated, but, but it you was can mostly CBD. CBD. Yeah. You can, she exactly. just did a tiny THC and almost all CBD. And I felt so good, but you're right. It was like, boom, don't. Yeah. Yes. Hello. Yeah. Yes. So that's, for, that's for the instant effects, yeah. which we have kind of become like, a little accustomed to. We like yeah. that like instant satisfaction. I mean, a lot of times we are feeling really anxious or something or really nauseous and we need that. Mm -hmm. or we have that sense of urgency mm -hmm. a bit more. And yeah. for flour, for me, um, I just combusted way too much flour all the time, like hitting like one hitters where it's really hot and like scorching my throat. So now whenever I, if I'm not being really careful about how I'm consuming flour, then I'll just start to like cough and gag all the time because my body is just producing all this phlegm and it's really disgusting. Mm -hmm. So that's also why I moved to the low temperature dabs or we have these awesome new flour vapes yeah, that, that so are the best. It looks super cool. This is this is what our the doctor who gave us our med or prescribed our med cards yes. um, recommended. But basically an herbal vaporizer is the is the cleanest, most effective way to consume, um, flour. Okay. And, and he, he did say he did recommend staying away from dabbing in order to keep your tolerance lower mm -hmm. so that you, you don't need to consume as much and therefore you're not, you know, combust or like the vapor is still a little bit, mm -hmm. it can still be a little, or it can still tickle, tickle your throat a little totally. bit. So, 
um, yeah, just consuming less in general is always good. Mm. Yes. And but dabbing though is cleaner, right? Because it's the concentrate. Um, that's that kind of a myth. Yeah. Oh. So <laughs> it really depends on how the extraction was made and what Got solvents it. were used, if any. And what, and like what kind of flour and was, what kind used, of flour was used. Yeah. So that's why we're really big proponents of this Dablogic company um, and Verde Natural. They're a, um, a dispensary we partner with. Because they are completely, they're green certified, which is kind of a new um, certification that's happening in the industry, similar to something being organic in the produce industry. If a dispensary or fully vertical operation, which means they grow, process, and sell all their own product, um, if they're deemed clean, green certified, that's like best of the best. Okay. So um, yeah, they're organic, clean, green certified. They use living soil. They use hemp plastic containers for packaging and reusable packaging. They're just doing the best things. <laughs> yeah. Verde natural. Give them a, give them a yes. little peek. But yeah, that's why education is so important. Cause we, it took us a long time to find the really good people to support. And we're still looking for them, you know? Can you, <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Talk to the girls. Can you guys give me some insight into how marijuana cannabis, does it matter? Is it the same thing? I, we use cannabis now cause it's a step towards destigmatization. Marijuana just has a negative stigma at this point. Oh, good to know. Yeah. Okay. So cannabis, <laughs> how that can support so many different health issues. I brought up chronic illness and that really helped yes. me with my chronic pain, but things like cancer and, and, and stuff like that, how it can make an impact and what you guys are seeing. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of research now that's being done and yeah, I think there's a lot of studies out there, but I don't think that anything is super definitive, unfortunately. Like there's just not mm. enough just like push for that, I don't think yet. So that's another piece where we feel like we can kind of at least put our two cents in and urge people to urge their their um, you know, local mm -hmm. politicians to start to, you know, legislate for that kind of thing. Yeah. It's really important to understand we like like I said, we we do not understand the plant like nearly enough yet. That's why another reason social media is so important is because we are always pushing out our own experiences with the plant and that's how it's helped us. And so we want other people to come forward um, and share how the plant has helped them with their chronic illnesses and X, Y, Z, you know, from everything to like sleep, insomnia stuff, pain, and just like random inflammation of getting old. <laughs> social anxiety is a huge mm -hmm. one. Like that was like a huge a huge piece for me personally. And, mm -hmm. and that's a big part of like your mental health, you know, like that is a, that's a real yeah. thing that people really struggle with. And like human connection is so important and cannabis has like really, really helped me. And so many people I know, honestly, like all my closest friends really that's um, how kind I of like, yeah, exactly. Is it's smoking with some or yeah. consuming with someone. It just like breaks down this like Feeling like, like you have, yeah, like, like any walls you feel like you have to have up, like you're just kind of bonded. It's nice. Do you, not to criticize that because I'm totally with you, but I'm just wondering mm -hmm. how is that affected when you're not smoking and you are sober and you're being social? Has it impacted that at all? Or are you still the same to where you're nervous when you're sober, but then if you're smoking, you feel good? I would say I just enjoy social situations more when I'm high. So it's, it's kind of like a two, two-sided thing. Like sometimes I'll have anxiety about it, 
But then other times I'll just be like, if, if I were consuming cannabis right now, I wouldn't have the anxiety I would have. So it's like, why wouldn't I, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I feel like it's hard to say because like it, so it's just like so ingrained kind of like yeah. that, that like feeling of like, oh my God, like in this social setting that I'm like, don't know if I want to be here. Reach for our like, vape, reach for the vape. Yeah. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I'm like, I, I feel like I've been getting better about that. And I think like coupling just like more mindfulness into yes. your consumption is really important and making sure that when you are reaching for it, like, okay, why did I just reach for that? Am I just trying to like push my problems aside? Because you can totally like, you know, you can get super high pretty quickly yeah. and just, and go somewhere else and, and not focus on something that you might need to deal with. I think we've both done that for yeah. sure a lot. Yeah. That's <laughs> what, kind lives. of what I was getting yeah. at because I think that cannabis is amazing. Obviously it's something that I consume myself, but I think that it's helped me with so many different things, anxiety included, but I never want people to use it as a crutch. So if that yes. means like yeah. you're going to therapy or you're, yes. you know, sitting in plant medicine ceremonies or whatever that mm -hmm. looks like for you, not utilizing something as a crutch or a, a gateway to just numbing out, yeah. but actually utilizing it to support you in whatever you're doing totally. while still doing the work. Absolutely. That's definitely something yes. I still struggle with. And I talk to my therapist about that all the time. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, we are both in, we see therapists yes. on, on the reg Good and for we're you. all for, we, yes. we talk about it publicly mm -hmm. because we're really trying to like destigmatize that as well. Mm -hmm. Just, yeah, there's so many people who have reached out to us and just thanked us for just like bringing it to light kind of and sharing. And they're like, I'm, I've always wanted to try therapy, but I've always been so scared or always thought like, it's not for me. And mm -hmm. I'm just always like therapy is for it's every for single everyone. person. Like everyone has shit they're dealing with from their past. Everyone needs like, an objective opinion, someone to yeah. bounce things off of. It's so helpful. Everyone go to therapy. Yes. Yeah. No, we talk about that a lot. I just had two <laughs> therapists on the show too. So nice. love Let's that. Go. Oh my God. But it's true. I think, you know, it seems to be a shift happening with people our age mm -hmm. where there is a destigmatization. <laughs> I talk for a living. It's fine. Um, <laughs> around going to therapy around admitting that there's something wrong. And I think what is scary and what I've seen a lot of is the, it's the backlash of social media because we're believing that everyone has their shit together. Everyone looks beautiful and is traveling to the Bahamas and like doing the whole <laughs> thing. When in reality, the depression and anxiety and suicide rates are through the roof. And it's like, oh, well, let's mm -hmm. pay attention to that. What are we going to do about it? And I think it's it's really people our age that are saying this has to stop. We have to be honest that we're all going through something. Totally. Nothing is perfect. And it's okay yeah. to not be perfect. Yes. yes. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah there's no such thing as perfect. Mm -hmm. The thing I really admired about both of you, and I was telling you earlier, I really wanted to put myself out there to meet more women when we moved to Denver mm -hmm. and to kind of start fresh with that. And I, I watch you guys and this community of women that we, we have in common and everyone genuinely supports each other mm -hmm. and really shows up for one yeah, another. You have to. Yeah. And I just, I'm wondering at what point that came together for each of you individually, where you realized one, I want to show up for women and two, I really need them to show up for me. Oh. I think just like, the last like few years, yeah. honestly. We, I don't know. I've just had been surrounded. I think like you said, like there's just this like 
energy here between the women. It's not like competitive. Mm -hmm. Like I used to live in DC and it was so competitive there living in North Carolina. It was like so weird. I'm from Boston. Everyone there is like on a different level. Yeah. Um, Very intense. But yeah, in Denver, there's like this, like really like sense of like sisterhood almost. Um, yeah. and I think, yeah, just upon moving here, I just felt so supported by everyone I was coming in contact with. Of course, we've encountered people who on the scale of collaboration versus competition will lean more towards the competition side. Mm -hmm. And we've just learned to kind of like kindly excuse ourselves from those situations and let those people go. Yeah. Let those people <laughs> move along in their lives and we wish them the best, but it's just like, not for us. It's just, it's, it's a mm -hmm. downward spiral we've found. Don't you just feel like you're too old for that shit? Yeah. Dude, it feels like, like high school. I'm like, yeah. wait, how like, old are you? Yeah. What's that? What is this? <laughs> I can't, I think, yeah, it's, um, it's a vicious cycle. And I, I was bullied so much when I was younger and just treated so horribly. And I just finally got to a point where I was like, I'm not going to continue this. Cause I, I would be jealous of women and I would feel so insecure because that's how they were with me. And so then I would just mm -hmm. perpetuate this cycle. And I thought, what are we doing? What are we teaching girls that are younger than us? How can we allow them to believe that this is how it's supposed to be? Yeah. That it is cutthroat. There's only room for me. If you have something, then that means I can't have it. Exactly. Like, I just don't want to live like that. And I, I still know. definitely have insecurities and I, you know, someone has something I don't, and I feel like I'm not good enough. And you know, we play those mm -hmm. things, Sure. but I've just gotten to a point where I'm like, I'm too old for this. I don't have the energy to keep up <laughs> oh, with the competition. Yeah. And why can't I show up and you guys be successful and that not mean anything bad about me. Yeah. That has nothing to do with me exactly. and I can be happy for you. Such a shift in mindset. Do you feel yeah. like that's happening? Definitely when I left Absolutely. Indiana and I would say came to Colorado, it just felt so much more open. And, but that's what makes me sad is I don't know if that's going on in other places right. because we go to LA and it still seems so cutthroat in yeah. the industry there. And I don't know, sometimes we'll meet people here in Colorado that yeah. we're just like, Nope, we can't. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, it just comes down to like, it's a conscious decision whether you want to be that way or not. And yeah. like, like you said, we're going to snap into those tendencies where we, feel competitive and like, you know, we don't like ourselves in those moments, of course, but I think it just takes some like leveling and just like working through some mindfulness and just being like, okay, this actually means nothing about me. I'm doing my own thing and I'm actually doing really fucking cool shit. Yeah. So and let's I'm just, happy and I'm happy. They're happy and doing yes. well. Like, and like, I honestly feel like we've become so much like lighter and like more like free yeah. from that. Totally. Yeah. Like rid yourselves of the burden people. Yeah. It's not worth it to be vengeful or competitive. Like just be happy for everyone and spread love. Mm -hmm. Like that's really what we're trying to do. I yeah. like that a lot. Mm -hmm. I know you guys have posted quite a bit about hemp. Yeah. I don't know much about it. I know that you can make hemp clothing and it can it's be used for so many plants. things. Right. So <laughs> what, what is going on with hemp? And is this like the future thing that we will have everything made of? Absolutely. I hope so. God. <laughs> well, we need it for you sure. You need to get our friend Kate Curley on your podcast. Ooh, yes. She's an incredible hemp educator, okay. content creator. She went, just went to our content trip down to Tortola with us. <sighs> Which looked amazing. It was so Speaking great. of being jealous of the girls. <laughs> but I was very happy for you the whole time I played. Thank you. And then hopefully it helps you manifest your own version Damn of that. Damn right, girl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so 
once again, we do not know nearly anything <laughs> of the amount that we could. It's okay. You know more than I do. So. <laughs> You're an expert here. <laughs> so It's all relative. Yeah. Um, basically, what we know is that hemp is the only plant on this planet that you can both house you, feed you. You can wear it. What clothe, is clothe? Clothe you. you. I'm like, what are all the herbs? <laughs> wear herbs you. <laughs> it's like it can be everything. You yeah. can. Yeah. You you can use it like in twenty five thousand different forms or something like that. Um, it's insane. You, know, you can build houses with it. You can. Yeah. Hemp fuel. concrete is becoming really big. What? Yep. yep. You wow. can um, like fuel cars with it. And it's um, cheap. Yes. So it's really cheap and easy to um, grow and cultivate. And it, it has like a significant less carbon footprint than like trees do. And like it gives back like twice the oxygen or something. It's what? like there's these crazy statistics. Like I'm just throwing them out there. Those aren't the right ones. But <laughs> I know. I'm like, shit, we should have brought it's some something crazy. Stuff. Yeah. I'm like, oh, should I some research it really quick? Um, Google that bitch. Yeah. But yeah, so technically hemp is a form of cannabis. So that's where also things get really tricky and weird because it's a type of cannabis. But the U.S. government just declared that for hemp to be legal federally in order for you to ship it and grow it and all that stuff, it has to contain less than 0.03% THC, the cannabinoid THC. So that's the cannabinoid that gets you high and kind of has that uh, people are calling like a psychoactive effect, but other people are saying that's an incorrect term. But whatever we want to call it, it's the one that gets you high. <laughs> um, so that's really the main difference is that the presence of that cannabinoid is the difference okay. between cannabis and hemp. And hemp is different than CBD. So CBD is found in hemp and cannabis. Got it. But it's usually found in higher concentrations in hemp. Okay. Yes. Got it. Yeah, that's where most people are it's usually confusing. deriving their CBD from. When you are consuming CBD, it's usually hemp derived. Yes. So that those are the products that you can ship and use nationwide. Okay. And well, theoretically worldwide, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. I think I think it depends on the country. Yeah. Oh, there's so many weird laws. But <laughs> anyway, that's what the most recent like farm bill declared okay. about a year and a half ago. Um so that's what a lot of farmers in America are switching over to from soy or corn or tobacco. They're moving to industrial hemp. Wow. Yes. It's, That's cool. It's super big. Um, but an issue, another issue is that people who don't know what they're doing will then have all these different like phenotypes of male and female plants and like sometimes hermaphrodites. And what's crazy about those plants is they can change they can change genetics. Like, how do you even explain this? They Wait, can, did you say breeding. the plants are hermaphrodites? Yes, they can become ma- so plant. Okay, so female cannabis plants are the ones that flower and produce okay. THC and all the good cannabinoids. The male plants will hurt your crop. So oh. you basically that's why everyone keeps saying the future is female. It's because it's all the female plants that flower. The male plants do not flower, but you can still use like the stalk and stuff for some shit but an issue is that just grind it up it's just you really don't need it but the issue is that these male plants if there's a lot of farms close together the air is transferring all of you know different the pistols and different seeds 
and, you know, birds and plants and animals are carrying them. So basically other people's crops are going to fuck up other farmers' crops. It's a big issue. Okay. It's really complicated and I just did a terrible job of. No, that's great. I liked it. I mean, I just like that farmers are moving to hemp. Like that's a huge step. Yes. But there's a lot of issues that come along with that though. It's not like an easy switch. Like, woo, everyone's going to grow hemp. It's going to be great. It's Mm -hmm. like, oh shit. People don't know what they're doing with male and female plants and like hundreds of thousands of acres are being like destroyed because of these male and female issues. Mm. Have you guys, um, worked with any other plants, ayahuasca, mushrooms. We've recently started to work with mushrooms. Okay. Um, yeah. How's that going? Great. Well, I actually, I feel like I, I think I started or I first tried mushrooms when I was a freshman in college. Um, and I didn't know that you could microdose. Same. I thought that you had Same. to take like an eighth at a time <laughs> every time, oh, which yeah. is like a handful of mushrooms. For those like you're gonna check know. your balls like, off. Yeah. Yes. So I that was my my first few experiences were very very same intense trips. They were really fun. Like I never had a bad trip, and I was always like crying laughing by the end. And it was like such a like beautiful like uplifting experience for yeah. me all the time. But I know people who have like definitely taken too many and they get a little bit anxious or whatever. Um, but yeah, more recently we have been just learning more about microdosing. Um, there's just some, some crazy education coming out about, um, the impacts of psychedelics on, on your brain and the way you think. And I don't know, I was watching using it for therapeutic purposes. Mm -hmm. I was watching this, um, thing on Netflix that I just have to have to share. Bless you. Um, it was, it was giving a visual of basically a bunch of sleds that um, they go down the track of the, of the snow hill and eventually it forms like into one track. And that's kind of like, those are all your thoughts that kind of you, you like form these like tracks that you're, that you're going into and like, you're kind of stuck in your, in the ways you think. And when you take psychedelics, it's like new snow is is falling and like filling in those tracks so that you have the freedom to like explore new tracks. And so I just cool. really, really liked that visual. Yes. Um, I highly recommend everyone watching. What was it? I think it was just uh, like the explained. Explained. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yes. Love I was going to say, I feel like so I've heard great. that snow analogy. Oh, we watched that. Day education, it was, man. I, so I was just Netflix. like, oh, that's so nice. Have you watched their sex episodes? Yes. Holy I binged crap. the whole thing. I haven't seen any them. of them. I oh, have to watch them. They're amazing. Because they're like 20 minutes them. long. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. good. So good. Yeah. I like that. It's true. It just feels like... So Connor and I have uh, done ayahuasca retreats and then we've both done mushrooms. And for me, it just feels like you're accessing things that you've never been able to before. And I Mm. I like to explain it like there's these puzzle pieces of your life that you've never been able to bring together. And it seems like something's missing. And then when you work with plant medicine, it's like things start to come together and those missing pieces come and you understand like the holistic version of yourself rather than just like parts of yourself or Mm -hmm. the suppressed parts of yourself finally get to show themselves. I love that. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to, I really respect the plants and I think Mm -hmm. it's important to with intention, the way you guys do is really treat it with that respect because that's the way it's going to treat your body. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, There's so much about like the intention and like your mindset going into it. I found like if you're, if you're not in a good head place or headspace, um, or just, you know, if you're dealing with some shit, 
we have found that it really brings it up, will bring it, it out. brings that shit right to the top and, and you're going to have to deal with it. So maybe don't like, I don't know. We just prefer to take them in like more controlled settings, mm-hmm. um, in, in smaller doses, like, like you said, more mindfully. Do you guys see, I mean, this could go for mushrooms too, but I guess for cannabis becoming mainstream, like alcohol. Totally. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, we think it's the future. It's well on its way. I mean, it only makes sense, right? Yeah. Hopefully we're pushing for state laws, state legislation over federal legalization. Um, So just like states have now, you know, their own rules on when and how you can buy or sell alcohol. You know, Wisconsin, you can buy it if you're 18, but Indiana, you can't buy it on Sundays. So you know, hopefully it becomes more something like that. Um, cause we're just yeah. scared of what all the big corporations like Philip Morris and constellation brands that just bought canopy for billions of dollars that owns all of the, um, beer co- that owns Corona and all of oh, the beers They They just, they're getting into cannabis. So it's kind of scary too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is scary. And we're like, no, get out of here. We want it to be small and honest. Yeah. Well, they see how much money can be made. Yeah. There's no avoiding it, but yeah, yeah that's why we really want to push for that education side. And yes. And smart consumerism, knowing who to buy for, it's just like the big, the, I'm so happy that the local movement is so strong in our generation. Um, cause I think that's kind of how everything should be, you know? Yeah. Well, it's, it's consumerism with purpose yeah. and intention. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that those things existed before. Yeah, It's like, it, you can't be a company and not give back. People won't buy shit from you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, who are you sending your money to? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it's not going to a, a, a good place, then we don't want to do business with you because yeah. you're lacking intention and purpose. It's crazy. I feel like America just got so caught up in like in the industrial revolution. Like we can make everything in such huge quantities yeah. and ship it everywhere. Like people just freak the fuck out. And now we're like, no, we Stop. don't want to do that. I know. Do you guys drink? Occasionally. Yes. yes. But not that much. Um, I don't, yeah, not usually more, no more than like two drinks total at a time. I'd yes. say, um, I'm such a lightweight and I also just like, we just, that's we another being hungover. Another thing we kind of connected on. Like we, yeah. that's like not our, our, our scene. We as just much. never vibed there. Like I tried to get into like the big drinking in college like, and I was like, I hate this. Yeah. Like we'll, <laughs> we'll enjoy like a mimosa or like a, a really like nice a, cocktail, yeah, a cocktail craft beer occasionally to like relax sometimes, but it's not like we're going out to like get fucked up. I think there's just like a different mindset with it now. Yeah. I don't drink that much anymore because I think I've been consuming more cannabis. Yeah. yeah. I just, I hate feeling hungover. Yes. I'm tired when I wake up, I'm dehydrated. I'm not functioning. Yes. I mean, my brain fog. I don't have any issues the morning after cannabis. Oh, yeah. Same. And it's just like, what is the point? I better. love a good glass of wine for sure. Yeah. But even yes. last night we went out for Connor's birthday. I had two really nice old fashions at this bar nice. at Death and Co. Mm. And I was done. Yes. See, that's like, great. great. And then you want to finish your night with a little joint or yep. some little. That's what we did. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And it's great. And that's what I tell my parents now. And I'm like, I don't think you understand what this is. And they're starting, they're starting to learn, but my dad just thinks that it's a crutch. It's a dependency. It's not a Which medicine. it can be like we talked yes. about for sure, but it's all about that intention. Right. For mm-hmm. sure. How, this is my last thing for you guys. Um, cause I can't not talk about this with you. <laughs> How has this impacted your sex life? Ah, uh, we were just talking about this. Okay. Good. I feel like it's really <laughs> been a nice, 
a nice addition to the sex life. Like, yeah, it really it compliments. The, it, after you get over the hump, there can be the paranoia hump. I would yes. say. Oh, that's so true. Yes. Oh my god. I had to get over the hump in college. Hump. I would say. Okay. What do you think? I was just thinking more recently, but yeah, I, I would say that it was a bit different, but I was also like not really hanging out with guys that were like, you know, into smoking. So mm. I think there was a pair. I would date the drug dealers. About, about so. nice. <laughs> oh my God. Straight to the source. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> makes so you. much sense. <laughs> um, but no, um, we were talking about how, how it really just kind of like decreases our anxiety. Um, even in those situations when mm. you might be like a little bit too much in your head, um, and you're holding yourself back a little bit. Yeah. I think it's really like helped us kind of just, it can just be liberated yeah. and be like, this is what I want, or this feels good. It promotes and just, you to just be in the feeling and not get caught up in the thinking. Yes. Yeah. I feel like it allows me to be present and ask for what I want and be a little dirtier than I would yes. be if I wasn't. Dude, yes. Love it. <laughs> exactly. Cause it just kind of, I don't know for me, it kind of like lowers the filter yes. on everyone, yeah. which I love. And I feel a little sexier too, which yes. I'm not sure what to attribute oh, that I to. I feel sexiest but... with a joint in my mouth. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> so good. I love that. Girls, yes. thank you so oh much. Oh my God, this was so fun. This was so fun. We need I want to do it again. Yes, yes. I don't we'll do, want to stop. We'll do like a late night version. Ooh. Late night. <laughs> Maybe we'll take some shroomies. Yes. Ooh. And we'll have a J. Yeah, I've never done a podcast on shrooms. Because then we'll, we'll have to do it at Let's night though, so then you can go to yeah. sleep after yeah maybe we can do it and record up in the ceremony room and just be <gasps> so chill i feel like the acoustics in that room would be i know i love this room though this Thank is you. so dope. Yeah, this, this was all connor's great. doing Aww, i have to give him the i want to connor. connor where is he i don't know we'll have to go find him Let's go find yes. thank you girls thank you thank this you. is amazing we love you <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening to The Kelly Show. If you haven't yet subscribed, be sure to do so now and head to ratethispodcast.com slash Kelly to leave a five-star review. And as a bonus for doing that, if you send me a screenshot of your review before you submit, I will get you a little thank you gift in the mail. All right, we have another juicy episode coming for you next week, so stay tuned. And as always, if I can support you in any way, please reach out. Remember, I'm just a DM or an email away. See you guys soon.